Welcome to the Doctor and the Dietitian podcast. This is Dr. Brian, board-certified pediatrician. And I'm Heather, registered dietitian nutritionist. Each episode, we dive into pediatric health and nutrition hot topics. Our goal is to help your family cut through the noise of the food and medical world. We want to empower you to have freedom and grace in raising your children to be healthy in all aspects of their life. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 18, Don't Fear the Dessert. Don't do it. They're Don't just it. too good to fear. All right, so we're in the middle of the holiday season and oh. the desserts are everywhere. Yes. I mean, it went from Halloween candy to all the stuff around Thanksgiving and now we're in the winter season and Christmas is approaching and there's treats and desserts everywhere. So we'll dive into how to handle all that in yeah. just a minute. Okay. But I need to know, are you cold right now? No, I'm no? actually fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about winter approaching? I mean, I'm actually really excited about it this year. So if you guys don't know, we're in Southwest Idaho and um, yes, it's cold or it's not terrible yet. No. Um, but you know, it's sunny here a lot, which is nice. So even if it's cold, you can get out. But anyway, where I was going with this is I'm excited for the snow this year. I think last year, you know, it was our first winter here and I was a little hesitant and nervous about driving and commuting and blah, 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 shoveling in the driveway. But now I'm like, (laughs) can we get some snow so we can go play? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm really excited because I signed up the boys. Our boys are old enough to do some ski lessons. Yeah, that'll be fun. At the local mountain. Yeah. So we're going to be mountain people. Let's do it. And skiers. And I don't even know how to ski, but I'm going to do it. You know more than me. I think, I think I've gone skiing like I two do. or three times in my whole life. I maybe four or five times. So those extra couple of times really make me an expert. I mean, how hard can it be? You just stand up and go down the hill. Right? Yeah. Just snow plow. That's, that's what, that what you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get right into let's it. Let's <laughs> go back to our own specialty here, which is actually like medicine and nutrition, huh? Okay. Okay. Let's jump in. So... Like you said, holidays, oftentimes that means desserts, which are delicious. But if you have kids, that means they turn into hellions. Hopefully not. I know. I'm just yeah. j- just joshing with you. Okay. But um, it is. it can be stressful for some parents. Oh, to totally. Feel, yeah. To feel like it's everywhere and you can't get away from it. And oftentimes you're not at your own home. Right. How do we manage this? Loss of so, control. Yeah. So know, you're not, know that you are not alone. I'm sure um, we deal with this even now, and many, many other parents do as well. Okay, so give us a glimpse of the landscape <laughs> in our uh, American lives about uh, the obesity epidemic and oh, how gosh. much sugar kids eat and None. why this is a conversation that matters. Right. So every five years, the U.S. puts out these um, dietary guidelines for Americans. Americans, that's what I meant to say. Um, and... We're not spies, we promise. <laughs> We're actually Americans. <laughs> I just had this like weird accent right yeah. there. I don't know where that was. Anyway, um, and so it looks at like where we are right now current, currently when they're taking the data. And then, of course, they give recommendations for okay. what it should look like. So most recently it was done in 2020 or released in 2020. Okay. And just a little bit I'm going to share with y'all. For ages two to four years old, it is. Um, it was shown that like the current amount of sugar intake for that age range was... Um, 61% of, of males ages 2 to 4 consumed more than the recommended amount. And 57% of females ages 2 to 4 consumed more sugar than the recommended amount. 
So more than half of kids are eating too much sugar. Right. Right. And so as it like, that was 61% and 57% males and females of that two to four, those toddler ages, Mm -hmm. which is like, geez, that's like, yeah, that's a huge amount of kids who are eating a ton of sugar. And, um, early in their life. Yeah. Yeah. So early. And it's interesting because prior to two years old, all the recommend, all the recommendations say no sugar at all, like no added sugar. Right to be a part of their diet. And yeah. so it's like, you know, either we're just not following that in general. Which... Well, we're not because it's in our house, right? right? And so what do you expect a two to four-year-old to do except watch what everyone else eats and want totally. the same stuff? And then once you get it, I mean, I mean, everybody knows how sugar acts on the brain, right? And it can be as addicting as drugs. So right. of course they like it. And so if it's ex- available and everybody else is having it, it doesn't surprise me that more than half of two to four-year-olds eat too much sugar. Right. It's sad, though. Yeah, and there's stuff we can do about it. Yeah. But, and we don't want to put fear in you. Right, <laughs> We Sorry. say don't fear it, but here we go. <laughs> um, but I did want to say recommended amounts for this age group uh-huh. is six teaspoons of sugar okay. a day or less, or which is like 25 grams of okay. added sugar. And so if you've give ever, me an example, because like a bowl well, of cereal is like is, 12 grams. Right. So there's half your sugar right there, right at breakfast in mm-hmm. the first bowl of cereal. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, there's a lot of the, the foods that are marketed for kids often are higher in sugar, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a whole system thing that needs to be changed um, in general. But, you know, like kids yogurt is like crazy amounts of sugar. And right. whereas if you just got plain boring yogurt it's like zero right or six grams or something but compared to like 17 yeah that's a big difference yeah so i think the point is what you're kind of getting at is there's little tweaks you can make for your family that can make a huge impact here right and that and i've i wanted to bring this up to point out it is a thing like people are eating too much sugar in general like i don't feel like that's something that most people disagree with um so the fact of of us we kind of react in this way that is natural, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see the data, we see that our kids prefer the sweets. And so we can sometimes overreact and put up all these rules or things mm-hmm. um, in the name of good health, in the name of helping. And, well, and sometimes often, it's the obvious sugar access, right? Like Halloween, you have these bags of candy laying around. So we're mm-hmm. gonna like, like you said, put up all these regulations on these candies, yeah. but like, have we looked at the cereal and the yogurt and mm-hmm. the snacks that our kids are eating every single day yeah. where the sugar's just embedded and hidden? Um, yeah. That is a good point. Yeah. Like it is full, you know, we need to look at the whole spectrum of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in general parents want to then over-regulate yeah. the fun stuff. Yeah, and for me, like in clinical practice as a pediatrician, I see this stuff. I feel like I'm running tests on kids younger and younger like and blood having tests. abnormal results mm-hmm. oh yeah i have kids who are um you know preschool early elementary school age with dyslipidemias and mm. um pre-diabetes and diabetes blood pressure problems i mean the whole gamut yeah um yeah, and I mean, so the AAP does have these obesity epidemic statistics and recommendations. Right. Um, and hopefully we're not bringing this up to put fear in your mind, right? This whole no. podcast was titled <laughs> Don't Fear the Dessert. Um, but that's where we are. So this is kind of a little reality check. Well, and I think that I'm. we're bringing this up to show that 
it is real, right? right? And there are, it can lead to bad outcomes. But what we typically think of as the logical next step of restricting and putting up all these rules we have found isn't the best way to do it sure and um, it can backfire on us yeah it can backfire so okay. instead so what are some ways that we can help our little ones not be obsessed with the sugar right so like i mentioned kind of already but don't restrict and that sounds super scary and when you just see people saying give unlimited sweets or or don't restrict their their candy intake your heart might stop for a minute and then mm-hmm. you think they're crazy, but hear us out, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, the theory here, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the goal here is just to make sweets another type of food. Correct. So it's there and it's available, but like it's not a craving and something right. that is like off limits. And, right, know. and we can think about how we act as as adults with a fully formed brain, right? (laughs) If you are telling yourself that something is not allowed or that you never are going to do X, Y, and Z, what are you going to do and what are you going to think about doing X, Y, and Z, right? It's natural that we're going to want what we can't have. So if your kids know that, like they're going to be the same way towards sweet and foods that have high amounts of sugar, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'll say this is like a caveat to all of these tips that I'm giving. I think the the real work is going to start with us as the parents, like working on our own mindset and our own relationship with food. Like leading by example, basically. Totally. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, I think many, many adults, probably more women than men, um, have food, disordered food relationships. Sure. Maybe not a clinical diagnosis of like an eating disorder, but... A disordered eating pattern right and so i think you can you can do these tips that we give you and have success but i think um the deeper healing is going to come when we as parents look at ourselves and change that first so that being said don't restrict we want to set an amount that you as a family like you and your husband or spouses or partners or whatever are comfortable with implementing and um as like the amount of times that you want to have access to dessert or sweets a week so maybe that's twice a week you want to have dessert or a sweet maybe that's every night or every day um set something that is that you guys are okay with and feels comfortable to you and then be consistent with that. Right, because predictability helps for a child, right? So they're anticipating that on Friday movie night, they get access to a treat. Mm -hmm. Perfect, use that to your advantage, right? Instead of them asking every single night, is tonight gonna be a treat night and having this battle, they know, okay, it's it's Friday night and we're watching a movie and I get to have a treat with it or whatever. So Mm -hmm. yeah, predictability is huge for little kids. Definitely. The next thing I'd say in relation to this is to keep your language neutral. So what I mean is the more that we respond or say things about food, the more our kids are going to respond, either with wanting more of it or being fearful of it, right? Like if they're like, I want to have, can I have candy tonight? And you say, no, you can't have candy. You've had so much, you're going to get fat. Or right. you, you don't need all that sugar. That's bad for you. Like those responses are going to either... Make your kids feel guilty for wanting that food. Kids will often internalize um, the things that we're saying. We're saying this candy is bad, but they feel this candy is good and that it tastes good. So if I eat this candy, am I bad for wanting it or am I a bad person now? No, they totally backfill that. That like, you know, if the candy's bad and I like it, then I must be bad. Right. Right. Their and minds don't a... have those like nuances exactly. to know like, oh, it's bad for me. Yeah. Not 
I am bad, yeah, you know? Totally. So that can, if we just keep language neutral around the food and try not to talk about it as bad and good, you know, it goes both ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. That we don't want to like necessarily praise all this other food um, too highly that our kids can then look at it and enjoy a balanced variety. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> Nothing else to say. <laughs> I hit it I right mean, there. I think, you know, and it's not only the language that you use with the kids, but it's the language you use for yourself. And not all language is spoken, right? So there's body language stuff that's at oh, play here too. That's deep. Um, you know, yeah. do I, when I grab a piece of candy, do I hide it so my kid can't see it so mm. that they won't ask for it? So do I sneak food? Do I, um, I don't know. Uh, make it like put it up on a pedestal and make it something that like oh I didn't work out today so I'm not gonna have dessert tonight Mm -hmm. this self-talk is stuff kids pick up on too totally okay so um what are some practical ways that we could maybe I mean that's what we're going through right but you're saying kind of don't restrict and talk well about it but um I don't know. One of the things I can think of that we do as a family is often serve the dessert food with the standard food. So yeah. again, we're just kind of saying this is another food option on the table tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, definitely. So that as often as you can, trying to serve dessert or the candy or the sweet alongside whatever meal or snack that you're currently serving. Okay. And so, we're not saying you do that with every meal. No. But whatever you've kind of set as your yeah, so maybe you routine. S- maybe you decided three times a week you're going to have some sort of dessert. Mm-hmm. Then you decide, okay, that's going to be with lunch twice, you know, on Monday and Friday. And then on Wednesday we're going to have dessert with dinner or whatever that looks like, you know. Hmm. So this is, again, to try and take the dessert item off this pedestal naturally if you're saving dessert toward for the end and it's not even an option what you're saying is this is special and it's reserved Hmm. and then often with that it's very natural for parents to then say we're going to have dessert so you need to eat what's on your plate or you need to eat x y you know x many bites of broccoli or whatever it is um and that can really backfire as well because then it seems like it's something they're earning yeah you're right. earning it obviously like that food is more important and more valuable than this broccoli because i have to do something in order to get it right right yeah um so we want to stay away from all of that and and doing that, you know, that helps keep your language neutral. It helps their mind. Just equate it as another food. And that's right. what we want. And when you start with this, like a lot of kids are going to just immediately eat the dessert first. And that's okay. Right. right? That is okay. That's where we're starting. But what we've seen over time is sometimes when the dessert's out there, like maybe one of our kids decides to save it till the end. Maybe one of them eats it right at the beginning. And then maybe one of them or all of them sometimes will just kind of take bites of it throughout mm-hmm. the meal. And so... It really becomes just another food group. Totally. Yep. And often I, I hear pushback from parents on this, like like you just said, like, well, what if that's all they eat? Or what if what if um, they don't eat any, they would normally take two bites of broccoli and they don't. It's like the amount of vegetables or meat that they might eat at a dinner meal is not going to um, be so detrimental to their nutrition in the big scheme of things if you're offering dessert like once twice three times a week right you know what i mean yeah Um, that one bite of broccoli yeah isn't gonna make or break them yeah they didn't take that one bite and so now they are deficient right in vitamin k (laughs) or you know what i mean (laughs) um it just doesn't necessarily work like that so 
if we think of it as the big picture of nutrition that we're trying to go towards, um, it can help calm our mind down a little bit. Yeah, totally. All right. In addition with this, I'd say kind of what I touched on earlier, but being able to model healthy dessert consumption. Mm -hmm. So no more sneaking candy, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) But we often do do that to ourselves. And, you know, when they're young enough, they're not going to know. But eventually they will. And it's going to play into their own relationship with food, whether you want it to or not. So modeling it is not only just like when do you eat it, but like also maybe how much of it you eat. So like, you know, modeling portion size, I think is huge. Um, That's one of the things I come across in um, pediatric medicine when we're talking about kids growth and maybe they're overweight or obese. Sometimes we get into the diet history and it's not bad. Like they actually maybe eat pretty healthy and pretty well. Um, And so the conversation can shift then towards portion size and maybe portion size is where the problem's at. Maybe maybe it's a lack of exercise and activity and stuff too. But um, so I think you can lead by example in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't have to binge on this thing that tastes really good, right? Because you we know we're gonna have it in two days, right? Exactly, and it will be there totally. Because because mom and dad aren't gonna go sneak it either, you know. Right, you're gonna build confidence in your kids that um, that it'll be there, yeah, and you'll get to enjoy it, and then move on with your life, yeah, yeah. and it'll be done. And it kind of on the flip side of that, there might be people in your household, adults specifically, who maybe you're, you have a healthy plate of or variety of foods and someone d- doesn't like vegetables like an adult and they're going to vo- vocalize that mm. or not eat it. Um, that plays into like you modeling healthy, healthy foods as well because dad, sorry, maybe more likely dad isn't going to eat the vegetables. So then how can you expect like the kids to want to eat the vegetables as well, you know? So if you, the bottom line is if you want your kids to eat it, then we need to be willing to model it and show it over and over and over again. Okay. So what about the kid who just asks for candy all the time? Right. How do you tell them no (laughs) in a productive way? Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, especially with toddlers, that's all they hear all day long is no, no, no. And so candy <laughs> might become like this other battle, sure. which we want to avoid. So know that you as the parent, you're going to know what's best for your your kids. And like we mentioned, like being able to set a parameter for what you want sweets consumption to look like. Um, and know that you, you can follow what you feel is best. Like I feel like there's a lot of talk around this in the nutrition and medical world, especially on social media. And so you just need to pick something for your family and feel good about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, when they are asking for food, for the candy or the sweets, and it's not a time that you have planned on it, trying to redirect them or say no without saying no, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I want candy. Oh, great. I would love some candy too. Let's add it to our lunch tomorrow or whatever it is, Mm. especially if you have access to it, like, after Halloween or you made cookies for Christmas or something, um, they're going to see them and want them because they're more available. And Mm -hmm. so uh, maybe that's a season where you go from once a week sweet consumption to three times a week and you add in the cookies there, you know, but being able to like redirect with toddlers in general and older kids too is going to be helpful. Like letting them know, I hear you. I see what you want. It's not on the plan for right now, but let's add it to 
breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever day of the week, you know, yeah, that you so can. Good. Yeah, I like that. Good. Okay. Those I'm are glad. some great tips. Hey, I do what I can. All right, let's go have some pie. <laughs> let's. <laughs> um, okay. Well, hopefully this guy's, um, this just gives you guys some, um, some hope that, um, you know, mealtime and food can be an awesome opportunity for just a family to come to the table together and create cool memories and um, hopefully release some of the stress about maybe what's available, especially this time of year. So yeah. hopefully you guys found it beneficial. Um, all right, we're going to finish with just uh, reading one of our reviews. Um, so thank you guys for putting in reviews. So if you listen to us on um, like iTunes or Spotify or Google, there's opportunities to both rate us and leave us reviews. And we appreciate all of that. Um, so we're just going to read a review here. This is from the postpartum party it says, love this podcast. Can't wait to get more info from you guys. Starting to feed our family this way has been a game changer. So, oh, that's so encouraging to hear. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for the reviews. And again, please leave us more. We only accept five stars. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. And then the last thing we like to wrap up with um, on all of our episodes is utilizing our table topic cards. So these are cards that we have available. You can go on our website to download them. Um, it's over 100 cards um, that are meant to just be conversation starters for you at your dinner table. And hopefully that takes the stress away from the mealtime and um, gives you opportunities to um, just enjoy the community. Um, so... Heather, I think you have a card for us. Do I? Yeah. Um, it was if... Here we oh, go. Oh, I have the card. Sorry. You have it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, all right, so the question is, if we could grow any food in our yard, what would you want to grow? Mm, a chocolate tree. Just kidding. <laughs> it doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> oh, darn it. No. Um, a money tree. Wow, that's a good answer. <laughs> a money tree. I'd say an avocado tree. Oh, we are in the wrong climate. I know. That would be cool though. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I think it would be a fruit tree. We So we started being gardeners this last season, mm -hmm. um, but we're looking forward to next year and um, we're planning on getting some fruit trees. So yeah. that's like what's on my mind, I think. Like one we could actually grow here? Yeah. Which yeah. one are you most excited about? I don't know. Peaches maybe? Yeah. I feel like we don't eat them often, but if they had them. Right. Yeah. I like peaches. Okay. I love it. Good answer. All right, answer. guys. Um, thanks for joining us again. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye. Or next time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Doctor and the Dietitian podcast. Check out our episode notes for more information about items we discussed in this episode. Also, remember to subscribe, comment, and share our podcast with your friends and family for more information about our available services and to join our community follow us on facebook and instagram at the doctor and the dietitian and check out our website at the doctor and the dietitian While we continually make an effort to share with you correct and the most up-to-date information, we admit that we're still learning, and probably will always be learning. We double-check all of our facts, but realize that nutrition and medicine are constantly changing art and science. Other dietitians and physicians may have a different way of doing things. We're simply presenting our views on these topics in order to help you. 
By listening to this podcast, accessing our social media, reviewing our website and products, we are not establishing a patient-doctor relationship or a client-dietitian relationship, and therefore we are not specifically diagnosing or treating any conditions specifically with you in mind. We do recommend that you consult with your own physician, your child's pediatrician, and or a dietitian for your specific individual needs. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to our podcast, social media, website, or products. And our opinions do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers.